Hey, Andy Phillips here. And I'm Tom Hackett. You may remember us from that time when we used to try really hard to make plays on fourth down. Well, we're back at it with a brand new show called Special Forces Gang, where we give you new perspective on what it takes to be a football player. We talk all things Utah football, sports, and life. Don't miss Special Forces Gang. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or on kslsports.com. Go Utes! At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This is Innovation and Leadership, where we interview Navy SEALs, venture capitalists, pro athletes, best-selling authors, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of high achievers as we can get to come on the show. Today's episode is going to be from our mini-series that we created with Corporate Alliance, asking top CEOs and executives and entrepreneurs who have had very large exits, specifically about their thoughts on leadership and people. CEO, co-owner, co-founder of Spark Innovation. Um, if you didn't catch part one, uh, please go back and hear about, you know, getting 30 million views for viral videos and getting their products like FiberFix in 30,000 locations like the Lowe's and Home Depot's across America. Um, but I kind of want to jump in on, on where we left off on part one. Um, Eric, you were talking about this product power up event and uh, you know, I was really honored when you guys asked me to come host um, one of those panels there, and it was fun to work with Jeff Rust from Corporate Alliance and, and thinking about that event. And I mean, it was pretty awesome for a first time event. I mean, people in the event world know those things. Uh, you know, usually the first year is just getting a, a flag in the sand, uh, but you guys, you guys filled the room. Yeah, we were we were pretty surprised by the res- by the by the by the demand and the reaction to it and pretty, um, pretty pleased. You know, we, when we had the idea of starting product power up, it was because we really feel like Utah has a lot of those kinds of events to support the tech world. You've got Silicon slopes. Um, you've got all of these different venues for sort of networking and coming together as a community in the tech sector. But there hasn't really been anything like that for the consumer product sector. And when you look uh, at Utah, you know, there's been a ton of really cool consumer products that have come out of Utah. You know, you've got Skullcandy and Purple and Goal Zero and Zag and Stance and Black Diamond and Climate and Blender Bottle and Traeger and all these really cool stories. And so it's kind of shocking that there has never really been a way to bring that community together so that we can learn from each other and that we can network and so forth. And so, you know, we felt like it was kind of a gaping hole in the market here in Utah. And so we thought we'd, you know, we're not really event organizers, but we thought we'd give it a shot anyway. And, uh, and we were expecting, you know, maybe two or two or 200 people or so, 250 people. And we had about 350 and turned away about a hundred. So it, it was nice to have that problem. And it kind of showed that there's uh, pent up demand for, you know, for bringing that community together. And so we're going to try to keep growing that year over year. And we think that it could rival Silicon Slopes in, in terms of its importance to the state and it's it's uh relevance in building the the community yeah um when you think about 
Well, there's a couple aspects of I'd love to talk about this. The first one would be, um, let's talk about you know corporate decision making. Uh, hardware is not something that everybody makes these days, but it's interesting to see how innovative some companies are in in adding it. I mean, you look at you look at Amazon, which most of us think of it as an online company, but my family is obsessed with with that little Amazon Echo we got, right? Or yeah. Um, you know, you think about just people doing different products than they've done. Um, you know, I was watching some YouTube videos of uh, the CES show down in Las Vegas, Consumer Electronics Show. And, you know, L'Oreal, the, the I don't know what they're, makeup and makeup shampoo company, company whatever, right? <laughs> they've come out with this, like, personal activity tracker that's, like, small enough to fit on somebody's fingernail, like, a, I don't know, like, fingernail paint or something kind of idea. Wow right? Complete departure, right? Um, and innovation is such a, it's such a hot topic in the, in the business literature and business media these days. And the Airbnbs and Ubers who are disrupting entire industries have a lot of folks who felt pretty secure about their future thinking like, oh, maybe we need to, maybe we need to have our people thinking more like that. And, and um, you guys are certainly an organization that takes stuff from concept or early stages to, like you said, in th being in 30,000 locations. Um, this is my super long tangent of a question. Okay? <laughs> um, if somebody maybe at a more established organization or, or somebody who doesn't do anything in product is thinking, yeah, you know what? There is something cool that we could do that's physical, that could be a, a constant reminder to our customers about us. Um, you know, I have thought maybe we should be, we should be making our own da, 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 right? Right. Um, talk about why coming to a product power up is, is a good idea for someone trying to understand that. Um, so we're not talking about like the garage entrepreneur, right? We're talking about coming from corporate and, yep. and then just any other advice about books or classes or, or things, somebody who wants to, you know, get their staff, get their people, leading in this more innovative think outside the box kind of way well i think that you know almost everybody has an idea for how they could improve their lives or other people's lives i mean almost everybody i talk to has a couple of ideas of products that would help improve things or solve a problem or something like that and a lot of us just kind of keep it in the back of our minds and never do anything with it because we don't know exactly what to do with it, right? We have a good idea, but don't have no idea what we would do with that. And I see that not just in garage inventors, but also in, in people coming from corporate, people who have jobs in tech, people who you know are dentists, doctors. I mean, almost everybody I talk to has a couple of these ideas kind of packed away in the back of their mind. And I think that you know an event like Product Power Up uh, can inspire people to do something with that idea. Because when you don't know what to do with it, then you, you don't do anything. When you get around people who are doing something with ideas and turning them into products and turning them into businesses, it's both educational, but also inspiring. You know, when Rachel Nilsson talked about founding Rags to Rages, kind of out of her you know, out of her home as just sort of a hobby to start with. And that's turned into a real business, you know, it's super inspiring. And I mean, and the things that she, and, you know, and she knew nothing about 
about consumer products or about running a business or anything else. And here a couple of years into it, she's, you know, they're, they're, they're killing it. And so, you know, when you see that, I think it's inspiring. And I think when you get around people that have done this before, you can learn a lot. You can start to see how uh, something that might be just an idea can become reality pretty easily. Okay. And so, <clears throat> you know what I love about that is um, it can feel like such a black box. It can feel like, you know, it can feel overwhelming you know, especially if you're in an established organization, you want to do something new, right? Yeah. Um, and I do feel like being there, I mean, even even the, you know, the panel you guys had me host about funding, how to get money to get this stuff to happen, right? And you heard the Kickstarter folks, the VC folks, the bootstrap folks, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it does, I walked away feeling um, like, and I, you know, progressing an idea is maybe more accessible than before I, you know, before I got there in the morning. Right. Yeah. When you, when you see so many people and there's, there's super smart folks. And then there's folks that you're thinking, Oh, you know, like I'm not necessarily intimidated by competing with them. Right. And they did it. Yep. Right. Yeah, the normal people. They're yeah. nor You find out they're just, they're regular humans who learned the patterns of how to get stuff done. Right. Um, and the other thing that I think would be is good is going to be great is if we can build this community even if you are still really unsure, you're inspired, but you're just unsure about how to move forward, you suddenly feel like there's a community you can go to for answers and yeah. that there's people that can, can help you along the way and help you get from point A to point B. You know, that's a big deal when you're trying to do something on your own. It is, right? Um, well, let me ask you this. So um, staying on this theme of, somebody who's already got a company that's thinking maybe we should have a product in addition to what we already sell. Right. Um, what are the, uh, what are the nuances, um, of think, thinking about how this is different of an entrepreneur in the garage, maybe with little to no budget versus an organization that maybe has budget, but you're trying to come up with permissions or you're, you need to overcome the status quo of how things have always been in the past or any thoughts about that? I'm not sure I followed the question. Say that. Can you restate that just a little bit? Eric, are you making fun of my long questions here? Okay. <laughs> so if you're coming out of an organization already and you're trying to learn from this episode here and think, okay, so that's for the guy making the new invention in their garage. I'm inside a company already where I'm trying to grow revenue or, or engage with our customers better. Oh, um, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So basically entrepreneurship versus entrepreneurship. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. Right? If, I'm, if I'm a leader – and I want to help my people become more of an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Do you have advice for that? Well, I mean, I've never really done that myself, so I don't know that I have great advice, but you know, as we've thought about product power up and what needs we want to serve, that is a part of the community we want to address as well. Um, you know, that's, that's why we had, you know, stance there and some of these bigger companies that, you know, are sort of past the startup phase um, because we want to be able to enable the startups that are starting at this from, from outside of an organization and just starting to, at it fresh. But we also want to enable professionals that are within an organization to help develop things from scratch and, and develop new ideas and, and develop new business areas. And I don't know that we have the answers yet on how 
you know, how to best address that community. But it is a community that we've thought a lot about and one that we want to um, help address. And so I think as we, as, we, as we build and kind of mature product power up, we'll probably develop specific tracks and things like that for, you know, um, how, do you, how do you do this within a company when you have the resources available, right? So much of, of what you talk about when you're talking about startups is not having resources, you know, working, working in an environment with very limited resources. Yeah. What if um, it's now overcoming bureaucracy, right? And exactly. Now um, you have different constraints. You, you have the resources you need, but you have to go through approval processes and you have to go through internal presentations and you've got to get buy-in and you've got to socialize ideas and all those kinds of things. And that's, it's just a different set of, of, of requirements and needs. And, you know, we do hope to address that as we develop product power up. Yeah. I mean, I love uh, like Clayton Christensen's books, Innovator's Dilemma and, and his, all the books he's come out with mm-hmm. on that kind of stuff. And, and anything from the guys at IDEO, you know, that like invented the yeah. <laughs> mouse for Apple and stuff like that. Right. Um, yep. I know one of their newer ones, Creative Confidence, a lot of people have really enjoyed. Um, any any other book recommendations or or courses that you would you would say can help people as they're both for themselves and as they're trying to lead their people to become more this way? Um, I think one of the most recent ones that I read was 10x uh, by Grant Cordon, and I don't know if I agree with all of it, but I do think that his premise is pretty accurate. Things take about 10 times more effort, 10 times more time and 10 times more money than you think they're going to on the outset. (laughs) And that can be a little daunting and a little frustrating, but it is the reality that we live in, you know? So I think if you, if you have this perception that something's going to be easy and cheap and, uh, and quick, um, it's, it's better to kind of start with a more realistic approach that things will take time, they will take a lot of money, and they will take uh, a lot of effort. Um, and, you know, settle in for the long haul. You know, I mean, I, th- I think sometimes we see so much success around us, especially in this current environment where Utah has one of the strongest economies in the country, and the country is in one of the biggest economic expansions it's been in my lifetime. And we see so much success around us that we want immediate results. We want to see that same kind of success. And it just doesn't happen that way. You know, I mean, if, if, so I think it's easy for entrepreneurs to get really frustrated and kind of bail early on because they're not seeing immediate results. And, you know, some things you just, you're just going to have to, you just, it just takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. And, um, and it takes a lot longer than you, hope it will. That's just always the case. You know, uh, it's interesting that you talked about having a community to come talk with about that kind of stuff. And um, it's interesting how much of a value it is for humans to be able to talk with someone in a similar position to them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because, you know, it's a lot of, so, so often you think you're all by yourself and that the things you're experiencing are, are, are pretty unique to you. But when you get around a community, you realize that almost everybody's gone through something similar. And it, you know, if nothing else, it gives you some comfort. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, we talked a little bit about 
Jeff Rust and, and him coming in and helping you guys with, with product power up and corporate Alliance, who obviously, you know, this is the show we're doing with them. Um, when you think about, when you think about corporate Alliance and the same thing there, well, I, I, I'd be interested to hear from your perspective first, why it is that you chose them to come help you as you were thinking through that event. Well, again, we were coming into this with virtually no knowledge of how to pull off an event like that. And, you know, we know that corporate Alliance does this on a monthly basis and sometimes even more than that, I'm sure probably, probably weekly. I don't know how often you guys do things like that, but I know that you guys do events for a living, right? We do products and distribution for a living. We don't do events. So when you're doing something for the first time, it's really helpful to lean on experts. And so that's what we did. We, we contacted Jeff and said, Hey, you got to, you got to help us walk through this a little bit because, you know, this is brand new water for us. And, um, and having him as kind of a co-pilot really helped a lot in, in getting that first event off the ground. You know, um, we were talking about that boss you had back at, you know, the, the pre-Accenture Arthur Anderson days. Or yeah. Anderson Consulting, right? Um, I, I, uh, we're probably going to embarrass Jeff here, but I actually feel like he is one of the people that lives the example of that. Um, that guy is exceedingly considerate. Like he, I feel like he kind of sets the example of like, he's willing to bite his tongue. He's willing to, um, I don't know. He's just willing to like think in terms of other people's interests consistently. Would you yeah, agree? Jeff's a salt of the earth kind of guy, man. He is the kind of guy that, you know, is, would give you the shirt off his back and not because there's anything for it, for him in it, just because, you know, he wants to help and he wants to see you be successful. I think that's one of the reasons why corporate Alliance has had the success it has is because with him at the helm, people have always felt like he's, he's there for their interests, not his own. Yeah. Um, and I actually want to talk more about um, the ways that you see corporate Alliance um, similar to product power up in that ability for, you know, those senior executives or CEOs to have somebody to talk to in their same spot. But j just before we get to that, you know, you think about what I feel like Jeff like sets the example for me personally, like even when I was in meetings with you guys before, before, you know, when you're getting ready to launch product power up event, um, you know, you run an organization when you think about your people and like whether it's setting the example in your leadership style or whether it's like overtly what you're doing for for like an intentional training system, um, do you have ideas on? what leaders could do to try and help their staff become m more like Jeff in that kind of considerate think of others kind of way? Well, I think that, you know, I, if I look back at that first manager that we were talking about, one of the things that I, that I respected is he gave me a lot more leash than I deserved. I was very early in my career. I didn't know anything. I wasn't skilled at anything. And he treated me like I was, you know, he treated me like I was a seasoned professional that could pull off big things. And he gave me the freedom to do that and make mistakes. And I made a lot of mistakes. Um, and, you know, I try to do that with our people now. I try to give them more leash than they probably have earned and probably deserve and probably are ready for. Uh, and I do the same thing with my kids. I mean, even with my kids, I'll, you know, if they want to try something new, uh, I let them try something new, knowing that they're going to fail and knowing that they're going to make a lot of mistakes and knowing that it's probably uh, going to be 
incredibly inefficient, but that they'll learn a ton from it because nothing helps you learn something faster than when you're the guy that has to, that's responsible for it. You know, so, you can talk theoretical for years and years, but until you actually have to be the one responsible for it, you don't actually learn the lessons that are important, right? And so I think, you know, in, in my management style, I think one of the things that I've learned over time is that, you know, you've got to let people do their thing. You've got to give them some freedom to operate and give them some real responsibility. Even though you know there's downsides to that, there's risks to that, there's going to be mistakes made, there's going to be fires you have to jump in on. Um, but, you know, it's the only way to really help people learn quickly. You know, that's such a good thing as you were saying that I started thinking, do I do that? Right. And I, I was thinking about, um, thinking about some of our, you know, some of my team at Milan and how I'm more likely to be directive a lot. Um, it's kind of like, you know, as a parent, it's like, um, do you teach the kid how to clean up the mess, which will take longer so they can do it in the future? Or do you just clean it up yourself so you can be done? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know that I'm always asking myself like, okay, if I slow down and took the long view here, would I, would I be willing to invest more in giving them some ownership, letting them come up with the answer instead of me just directing them with the answer? Right. Yeah. Uh, I guess my well, question it's hard to do. It takes, it takes a lot of discipline to do it because you know that something can be done much more quickly and, and, and efficiently and you can watch them make the mistakes and it's frustrating because you know, they're making the mistakes. <laughs> well, and especially like I can get pretty task oriented. Right. And um, so I'm just thinking about my list of to do's and what I've got to get done for the project and how they can help me get that done for my project. Right. And, uh, I don't think that I always bring the full team mentality to it of how can we get this done? And if I really was like, you know, if we were a sports team, maybe I'd be a lot more interested in player development. You yeah. know, am I really thinking about my team that way? Um, I guess my question for you is really easy to say. Um, it's, it's obviously something other people say about we need to make risks. You know, we need to make it safer to, to take risks at this organization, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, you know, you, you and I know each other through the C4 at, at Corporate Alliance. We're both, our organizations are both members there. And there's a lot of folks there who I think would say the same thing. But what advice would you have for, for some of us on the left and right limits? Like the, obviously holding on too tight is falling off the balance beam one way. But, you know, giving folks the kind of leash where they could cause irreparable irreparable damage or, or cause really big problems is falling off the balance beam the other way. Um, any kind of guidance is like how the rest of us can pick left and right limits. If we're, if we are going to take some more risk and give, give folks some more ownership, how we can. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I have any brilliance because that's a really hard question to answer. And it's one that you always struggle with, you know, but if you think, if, if I, when I think about it in terms of, our business, you know, I, I, Reed does most, most of the kind of operational and sourcing and stuff like that. And I do a lot of the sales and marketing and working with the big retailers and so forth. And the way that I kind of do it here is, you know, I will put a project manager on 
um, a retailer that I know is not our bread and butter, right? It's not like I would hand over the reins to Home Depot to a, a kid just out of school. Yeah, yeah. But I might hand over the reins to, um, you know, Casey's General Store or, you know, you know, a regional grocery store or something and say, look, I need you to own this account. I need you to go figure out how to get in. I need you to figure out a program for them. I need you to sell them on a program. I need you to give all the same deliverables that you would on a Home Depot, but it's a lower risk environment, right? If, if they blow it, it's not going to cost us our company, right? And I sort of grow them up that way where, you know, we just sort of move through the, the ranks of important accounts until they're at a point where I could hand them a Home Depot or Lowe's and say, yeah, go tackle this. I, I, I have every faith that you can do this as well as I could. You know, it's interesting. I've, I, I wish I knew who I was plagiarizing this from, but somebody said giving clarity to our team is really a gift. And like, you know, you telling him all those specifics or that individual going through those specifics and letting them know what the front of the puzzle box they're putting together looks like, right? So they know where they're going um, is, is, you know, genius move. But um, my question is on the follow-up, on the, on the measurement, on the tracking, especially if they are, you know, if they are stretching themselves, if they are maybe uh, taking on something they haven't taken on in the past, what does that look for you? Look like for you? Is that self-reporting? Is there, is it scheduled? What, what does that look like? Um, you know, a lot of times we, I don't know that we have a, a super um, methodical approach to it. A lot of times we just get copied on all the emails. Um, we have them run stuff past us before they jump in. We have them kind of do a weekly report where they give us, you know, what they've done and why um, and what their plans are. Uh, going forward and so forth. Um, and that tends to work out. I don't know. Again, there's probably a more methodical way to do it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's for us. It's we just call that the training wheels. Yeah. You got enough <laughs> and, of a finger know, on the pulse where you're seeing the stream of what's going out. And... Exactly. So that we don't, you know, we don't just leave them hanging out to dry because there is a balance between giving people responsibility um, and uh, setting them up for failure. Right. We don't want to set people up for failure, which would be like throwing them in the deep end before they have any idea how to do the doggy paddle. Right. Yeah. Um, so even though we try to give people a big, you know, big responsibility early on, we also uh, like to have enough oversight that they feel supported and they feel like they've got help and they feel like they can get answers and they're not just they're not not just winging it on their own. Yeah. Um. You know, I know um, <clears throat> it's interesting, you know, this is the, this is the, an additional time that you've brought up that idea of feeling alone, right? Um, and like <laughs> how humans don't like that. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I know, I know I said we were going to get back to corporate alliance for a minute. When you think about the value of why you guys are a part of it, what, what is it for you guys? You know, for me, it's just a it's just an opportunity to step away from my little sandbox and um, and get a little bit broader perspective. You know, when you're when you're too close to something, it's so it's so easy to get wrapped around the axle and start overthinking things and and start you know miring down in your own problems and your own concerns and everything else. 
And sometimes when you just step away and you kind of hear what other people are doing, you take a look at their businesses, you take a look at their problems, um, it brings clarity to your own. You know, uh, you brought up this idea earlier about, you know, sometimes it's, it's best when you have, when you're talking to somebody that have a dog in the fight. And that's so true because when you have a vested interest, it's, it makes a decision a lot more complicated. When you don't have a, a vested interest, the answer seems obvious. And so I've had, to, I've had uh, times when I've gone to a C4 event and I've kind of been explaining a problem I've been waffling on or having or struggling with. And these outsiders who have no vested interest um, can see the answer clearly, a lot more clearly than I can because I have too much vested in it. I have too much at stake. And sometimes when you see it from their perspective, you're like, oh yeah, this answer is very obvious. I just needed to step out. I just needed to you know, step outside of it. And these guys are helping me do that. I'm just kind of smiling at this end because it is interesting when you have folks who have the kind of experience you feel like you can trust, right? Mm-hmm. How much of a reality check that can be that taking the step back, you know, um, we're, we're just working on a new offering at Milan. And I had, a, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday that was, <laughs> gave me a pretty good reality check. And even just you bringing up the Grant Cardone thing about the, it's going to take 10 times as much time, effort and money yep. as you thought. Um, I, I, you know, I suffer from the entrepreneurial over-optimism, I think. And, uh, I think you have to, to be an entrepreneur. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, you, that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. You definitely can't know anything about statistics and choose to do this, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probabilities of success. But, um, uh, when you think about like, <clears throat> I don't know, um, how easy it is to sit around and drink our own Kool-Aid and the value of getting a reality check. Right. Um, but, but also just as you're saying this idea of stepping back, why do you think it is that um, we as leaders or, or really anyone have such troubles being objective about our own situations? I think, again, I don't, I don't know why this is, but in, in, I think it's part of human nature. When you have a lot at stake, it's, it, the answers become a lot less obvious for some reason. That's one thing I've noticed. I mean, I, again, when I'm, when I'm addressing somebody else's problem and I don't have anything at stake, it's so obvious to me what the answer is. It's so obvious to me what the right solution is. But when you're in it, you see all of the difficulties and challenges of implementing a solution, even if, even if you do think it's the right one. Um, and you also just have the challenge of, you know, knowing that there's going to be consequences either way um, that are going to directly affect you. And so I think those things muddy the water. They just muddy the water for, for decision-making. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, there's just, I don't know exactly why that is, but you know, it's, it's, it's often a really valuable tool to get an outsider's perspective who has nothing at stake because, the answers can be really obvious from the outside. Yeah. Well, I think it's a pretty great place to end. Appreciate all the time you spent with us. Um, reiterating, you know, people who might have an idea that want to talk to you, go to sparkinnovation.net. Um, folks out in Utah that, that are interested in your product, Power Up, is that, 
is that one just productpowerup.com? So yeah, productpowerup.com. When, when's your next event? Is in the spring, summer? Be, uh, we're looking at September. September. So if, if people want to get on their calendar, I think we set aside September 20th. So that will most likely be the date of our next big event. That's great. Well, uh, well, thanks again for doing this. Yeah, no problem, Jess. Thanks, thanks for the thanks for your time. You bet. Get to Old Navy for star-spangled style. Right now, everything's on sale, up to 60% off. That's right, get everything from tees, shorts, dresses, and swim, all at 60% off. Now till July 7th at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid through 7-7, select styles only.